Well, thanks everyone for coming out this uh, Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock, Spanish for Utah. And I'd like to also thank those who download these talks as podcasts from iTunes and invite them to correspond with us, give us their feedback by emailing from utahchristians at gmail.com. We also have a membership class online on our website, which is utahchristians.org. I'd like to thank those that have taken the membership class to become members. We couldn't do what we, have, we do without your help and support. Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder and chart of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. We're going to talk today about fear, and so I picked a joke, which is kind of in that genre. The little boy is helping his mother prepare dinner. They lived in an old house in a remote part of the woods. And his mother said, Tommy, go back into the pantry and bring me a can of tomato soup. Tommy had always been kind of afraid of the pantry because there was no light in there. And it was night, and it was even darker than normal. He says, Mom, I don't really want to go back in the pantry. I'm scared. She says, don't worry, honey. Jesus will be in there with you. So he goes back, around the corner, goes back to the pantry, peers through the doorway. Indeed, it is dark. It is as foreboding as it's ever been. He really doesn't want to go in, and then he has an idea. And he calls in, and he says, Jesus, if you're in there, could you pass me out a can of tomato soup, please? Our theme today is movies of the mind. There are four features of material conditioned life which are most prominent. Eating, sleeping, mating, and fearing. And of these, fearing stands out far and above all the rest. If you don't live a life of faith, the alternative is to live a life of fear. The world is full of potential problems. And we're always more or less in a state of fear because we don't know when those problems will come, we don't know from what direction they'll come, we don't know whether they'll come in twos or threes or fours or five. So we're always in a state of tension. Most of us have played dodgeball when we were kids, and remember standing out there on the gym floor, like trying to watch every single direction, not knowing whether the dodgeball is going to come from behind you or the right or the left, or whether they're going to come in twos or threes. Life's kind of like that. We, we know there's many problems out there. We know that they're going to uh, approach us sooner or later. And so we're always uh, in a state of what's hardly going to be called peace, hypertense vigilance. Think of the pigeon. Have you ever seen a serene, peaceful, calm pigeon? Pigeon is playing a perpetual game of dodgeball. It's always looking left, right, behind it. Is a snake going to come to eat me on the same plane? Is a coyote or a dog going to come from behind and run me down? Is a hawk going to swoop down from above and pounce upon me? So, ultimately, it's our choice whether we want to live on our own in a perpetual state of fear, trying to defend ourselves from who knows what, coming from what direction, or there is an option, and that's to live our life in faith. As it says here, all through the day, we have the choice to believe that Krishna, which is our name for God, is in control, he's taking care of us, and he has good things in store. The alternative is to go around worried, expecting the worst, wondering if we're going to make it. I and you hear all the time people saying, I'm afraid that my marriage isn't going to work out. I'm afraid that I'm going to be laid off from my job. I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my health. I'm afraid that my child is going to get mixed up with the wrong crowd. This is saying that people are choosing fear instead of faith. 
What fear and faith have in common is that they both ask us to believe that something's going to happen over which we have no control. Fear says, believe the negative. That pain in your side, it's got to be cancer. Faith says, don't worry about it, it's just a temporary stitch, it'll be over in five minutes. <laughs> fear says, the economy's down, my business is going to go under. Faith says, the Lord is supplying all my needs, he will prosper me, even in lean times. Fear says, I've been through too much, I'm never going to be happy. Faith says, your best days are out in front of you. The key is, we all have things that we should be concerned about, we shouldn't just stick our heads in the sand, but not to dwell on them, not to focus on them, not to magnify them, because if you do, if you play these fears over and over and over in your mind, they're going to take root. Uh, and they can become a self-manifesting reality. The thing that you fear will in fact come upon you. Sometimes something happens to us and we have this feeling it's too good to be true. We meet the boy or girl of our dreams, we get that promotion, and we feel like this is too good to be true, something bad's got to come on the heels of this good fortune. There was a time when all I could think about, all I could dream, all I could imagine was if we could just build a temple in Spanish for Utah. That was at the furthest stretch of my imagination. And when this temple opened in June of 2001, about 11 years ago, there were 5,000 people here. It was a wonderful, wonderful day. But there was a little thing in my head that said, this is too good to be true. Something bad's got to happen. But let's take the limits off of God. Let's not impose our limitations on the unlimited Lord. Since that opening day, nothing bad has happened. Nothing of any worth, nothing of any consequence. We've gone from one glory to another glory to another, from one victory to another victory to another victory, from one festival to another festival to another festival. Recently we acquired another beautiful property in Salt Lake City, and that's developing, and that's going to higher and higher levels. So I don't see any downside in the service of the Lord. Sometimes if you are working for a big company, a government, or a rich man like Donald Trump, you enjoy a lot of opulences. You might drive the same car, live in the same house as him, sometimes share in the same clothes, you've got a good uh, living allowance, but there's a niggling fear that if the government should meet with reverses, if the big man should lose his business and have to declare bankruptcy, then your opulence will be taken away from you. No such fear need bother us when we're serving the Lord of Lords, the Lord of millions and millions of universes. He's not just rich, he's the source of all wealth. From him come millions and millions of universes, full with gold, with jewels, with pearl. Sometimes people say, well, how can you describe an unlimited spiritual being by calling him wealthy? Because he's all wealthy. There's no limits to his wealth. If someone has a million dollars and there's so much other wealth out there that he doesn't possess, that's material. But the source of all wealth, the source of all universes, that's material. That's describing an unlimited being who creates unlimited wealth and opulence. So feeling comfortable, feeling dependent upon, tucking under and taking shelter of the Lord is a very, very intelligent calculation. One man said, goodness and mercy and righteousness shall follow me all the days of my life. He didn't say some of the days of my life. He didn't say it will come and go. He didn't say it will be there through certain seasons and absent another season. He said goodness and mercy and righteousness will follow me all the days of my life. This is someone who's confident in he who serves. <clears throat> and that's choosing faith instead of fear. Fear causes you to tell yourself it's not going to work out. 
to make plans for defeat, to cringe in your thought life, to stay awake at night worrying, to lose your joy and your enthusiasm. It's important to realize that if you keep mulling over the same negative thoughts over and over again and telling yourself all the reasons why it's not going to work out, guess what? It's not going to work out. (laughs) But if you'll trust Krishna and you'll use that same energy to believe, then Krishna will turn it around and cause you to come out of that problem, to surmount that harm, not just to where you were before, but to come out with double what you had previously. In this day and age, there are so many things that we could potentially worry about. We hear about cancer, we hear about the economy, we hear about the latest terrorist attack, the latest drive-by shooting, wayward children making wrong choices, running with the wrong crowd, getting off path. But my request to you today is don't waste your energy in all those negative things. Use the same energy that you used to worry Use it to put into belief. It's just as easy to say, Krishna is supplying all my needs as to say, I'm never going to make it. It's just as easy to say, I'm going to live a long, prosperous, healthy life as it is to say, I don't think I'll ever get well again. Someone might be concerned about getting laid off his work, but instead of worrying about it, go to work with a smile on your face, be good to your co-workers, throw yourself 100% into what you're doing. And that will never happen to you. And even if it does happen, there are things that you can do about it. God never closes one door, but that he doesn't open another door. And if you feel insecure in your job, instead of worrying about it, just work on it. Send out some resumes. Take a few night courses in order to further qualify yourself and make yourself attractive to future employers. There's such a thing as faith in reverse. When you go around saying, I'll never get the breaks, nothing good ever happens to me, that's a statement of faith. And when you put that out there, that faith goes to work. So guess what? You never get the breaks. Nothing good ever happens to me. It's also a statement of faith. It takes the same amount of energy to say, my life is in your hands, your guiding and directing my steps, and I'm expecting good things to happen in my future. I'm expecting defeat and failure to stay away from me. I'm expecting not to go under, but to go over. Well, someone says, true, what if I'm faithful and nothing happens? My answer to you is, what if you're faithful and something happens. What if you do it and good things do happen? Even if you get laid off, you don't have to cry, mope around and have a pity party. You don't have to get discouraged. You don't have to say, oh, I knew it wouldn't work out for me. You can stay in faith knowing that when one door closes, it means that there's another door opening up for you in the future. That God's going out ahead of you, preparing the way, making your crooked places straight. There's no reason not to keep the right attitude. He'll give you a better job with better association. The trick is to raise the bar. Raise our expectations. Are we using our energy today to believe or are we using our energy to worry? Are we expecting Krishna's favor or were we expecting just barely to get by? I heard about a lady, Jared, who every night for a year, she expected a burglar to break in her house. And periodically, at least once a week, she would say to her husband, I think I hear someone downstairs. Could you go down and check it out? And this happened at least once a week, for week after week, month after month. Finally, one day, she said, I hear, George, I hear someone downstairs. Could you go down and check it out? And as he'd done many times before, he put on his bathrobe, he put on his slippers, he padded downstairs, and found himself looking down the barrel of a gun. 
behind which was a burglar who said, give me all your values. So George gathered all his valuables and put them in the burglar's bag. But as the burglar was leaving, George said, no, you, you can't leave now. You've got to stay, come upstairs, and meet my wife. She's been expecting you for over a year. <laughs> Don't expect your children to cause problems. Expect them to excel, to do great things in life. Your children are going to rise exactly to the level of your expectations. Bruce Wilkinson is a famous author. He started out as a professor in a small college in New England. He was a rookie teacher, and his first day on the job, outside of the dean office, the dean's office, they were passing out the course assignments. And one of his colleagues looked over his shoulder and said, Bruce, you lucky dog. So you've got two section A's, section A's. So what are the section A's? They're the more gifted students. Out of five classes, he said, you're going to be teaching two section A's. And throughout the semester, he expected more of those students in those two classes. And he got more from them. At the end of the semester, their term, term papers were thicker, which is always a good sign of enthusiasm. They got better grades, and they were a joy to teach. And the students in the other three classes did not quite perform up to the same level as the two Section A students. So the next year, they were in front of the dean's office, and the dean himself was passing out the course assignments. And Bruce says to the dean, I hope I get some Section A students this year. And the dean says, what did you say, Bruce? Section A students. I had two of them last year. It was great. The dean said, we don't have Section A's. We discontinued that program six years ago. So in reality, those two classes were no different in terms of talent and skills than the other three classes. But because Bruce had higher expectations of them, they rose to meet his expectations. And because he had lower expectations than the other three, they didn't rise quite so high. So too many people today are going around expecting the worst. Uh, they're expecting to get a lot of trouble in their future. They're expecting to not amount to much in their life. What they're doing is they're putting their faith into their fears. And they're self-fulfilling these kinds of prophecies. Be careful that you don't get talked into expecting a bad future. We listen to the news, we listen to the newspapers, we watch the TV. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm expecting to have a great future. I'm expecting Krishna to not only continue to prosper this temple and its festivals, but to prosper the temple in Salt Lake City, and who knows what other temple, and who knows what other festivals. You know, when I was in my 20s, people told me that when I would be in my 30s, I could expect bad things to happen. But when I got into my 30s, they were better in my 20s. But when I was in my 30s, people said, well, just wait and get in your 40s. That's when bad things can happen. When I got into my 40s, my 40s were better than my 30s. When I was in my 40s, people said, well, wait and get into your 50s. Then you can expect bad things to happen. But my 50s, contrary to all these dire predictions and naysayers, my 50s were better than my 40s. Then they said, okay, well, now you wait till you get into your 60s, and you can expect bad things to happen. So now today is my 66th birthday, and so far my 60s have been better than my 50s, which are better than my 40s, which are better than my 30s, which are better than my 20s. I'm only expecting better things to happen in the future. When I was single, people said, well, expect that when you get married, bad things will happen. In fact, I heard a joke one time, a preacher married a couple, and at the end, he said to the groom, he said, congratulations, you're at the end of all your problems. About a year later, the groom came back and was going to beat up the preacher. The preacher said, why do you want to beat me up? He said, you, were at, you said I was at the end of all my problems. The preacher said, but I didn't say which end. 
So I was told that after marriage, to expect bad things to happen. My wife and I have been married now 32, going on 33 years, and it's only gotten better, 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 and better, and better. And I expect it to get better and better in the future. What's your, what? 70 to 80, 80 to 90, 90 to 42 years. It just, it just got worse. <laughs> I said 42 this morning, and I thought it was wrong, so I amended it to 32. I realized I was right originally. <laughs> it's a good thing that I haven't listened to those people who predicted that mediocrity would chase me down. Even at the time of death, the time of death can be your best moment of your whole life if you've lived your life with God in the center. Because at the end of life, you can be on the threshold of life that never ends. So we have to be careful who we listen to. And the reason is that fear, doubt, is contagious. We can catch someone else's emotions just like we can catch a cold. Co-workers decided to play a joke on one fellow. When he, can you... When he came in in the morning, one of the co-workers came up and said, George, did you get enough sleep last night? You're looking a little tired. And George said, no, I got eight hours of sleep. I feel great. Half an hour later, another co-worker came up and said, George, there's dark circles around your eyes. Are you 100%? Are you up to par? He said, yeah, I feel great. I feel fine. Half an hour later, another co-worker came up and said, Can I feel your brow? You look a little hot. I see some beads of sweat on your forehead. He said, No, no, I feel great. Well, now that you think of it, I think I did sneeze yesterday. Uh, maybe. And a half an hour later, another co-worker came up and said, You look a little yellow, George. Are you sure you're feeling up to par? By this time, George felt headachy, feverish. He felt all out of sorts. And at 10 o'clock that morning, he went home sick. <laughs> But be careful who you're around. If your friends are all doom and gloomers, they're always complaining, always thinking about negative things, maybe you should think about finding some new friends. Because if you stay around them long enough, you're going to catch what they have. You shouldn't go to lunch every day with that same person who's always crying the blues, talking about how bad the economy is. Some of us, we have to be around people like that. They may be co-workers. Some of us marry people like that. And we can't avoid being around them. But when we're not around them, it's extra important to fill our minds with thoughts of victory, heavy doses of faith, hope, etc., etc. We don't let just anybody in our house who knocks on the door. Similarly, we should just be careful about what and who we allow to affect our mind. We get up in the morning, we turn the news on, we hear more of the same on the car radio during the commute, we go to lunch with people who talk about how bad it is, and before we know it, we're also living a defeated life, dragging through the day. I'm asking you today, don't let anyone talk you into going home sick. Don't eke your way through your life just because your friends have lost their gusto. Experts may have one report, but we have another report that says we're blessed, we're prosperous, we're talented, we're creative, we're well able. So be careful you don't get worn down and think that it's okay to fail because everybody's doing it. Before you start thinking, I wonder how long I'm going to have my health. Before you start thinking, I wonder when I'm going to lose my job and when they're going to foreclose on my house. Turn all that off. 
Keep your mind filled with thoughts of victory. As you can be talked into having a bad future, the good news is that you can also be talked into having a great future. Just as fear is contagious, faith is contagious, joy is contagious, peace is contagious. When you come here or to any temple or church or mosque, you're not catching doom and gloom, you're catching victory. You're not catching negative thoughts, but you're catching hope. I have to warn you, the devotees who gather here, who fill themselves up with the holy names of the Lord by chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. We're radioactive. You can't come here with any regularity and not get more confidence, not get more faith, not have a more forward-looking vision. It's just not possible. This is called Sadhu Sangha. And the virtues of associating with spiritually surcharged people are described in scriptures as the highest good, the highest treasure, the highest value. Better than having all material goods and all material prosperity, better than even salvation itself, is association with spiritually surcharged people. People who speak faith and hope and healing into you. Well, someone says, well, I know they have a service on Sunday night at 5 o'clock in the Christian temple, and I enjoy coming, but, you know, this last week was a bad week. It was a rough week. Nothing went right. I got really beat up. It's going to be a stretch to drag myself over to the Krishna temple on Sunday afternoon. Listen, when you feel like that, it's especially important to get yourself over to the temple or the church or the mosque. It's especially important to have someone speak faith, hope, and victory into you so you get back up on your feet as soon as possible. Prabhupada gave the example of the phone book. One page of the phone book can easily be ripped by the weakest child. But the whole phone book itself, even a very strong man, will find it very difficult to bisect it. So together, we're strong. And we can face our fears. What is the nature of fear? Fear is often compared to fog. Fog seems ominous. It seems portentous. It seems thick. It blinds us. But I've read that a fog which can cover seven city blocks and which is a hundred meters high, if you take all that liquidity, all that condensation, it only fills one small glass of water. So like fog, we can look our fears in the face and we can say, you look impressive, you seem ominous, you seem fearful, but the fact is, there's really nothing to you. You're just a bunch of vapors which can fit in a small glass. Churchill said, we have nothing to fear, but fear itself. So often, the thing that we're afraid about never even happens. But because we live our life fearful, it affects negatively our relationships with our wife, with our family, with our children. It shortens our lifespan. It negatively affects our faith. So fear is far more dangerous in many cases than that of which we're afraid. I heard about this man. His car broke down on a lonely mountain road at night during a storm. There were a lot of curves in the road. And he stuck up, he stuck out his thumb to catch a ride. And it was a long time before another car came along. After what seemed like hours and hours and hours, finally one car comes slowly down the road. And he was so grateful, he just jumped in the car without even looking. And he looked through the windshield and the car was going right towards the curb. And he, he, he looked at the driver, and there was no driver in the car. He was sitting alone in the passenger seat. There was no one in the driver's seat. And the car is going towards this curve over which is a 150-foot drop. So he's trembling, he's whimpering, Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! I mean, 
and just we put it, and reach the curb, and we're about to go over, and on, reaches through the driver's side window, and turns the car to the right, and it stays on the road. But then there's another curb going in the other direction. It's, oh, we're going to die! Oh, we're going to die! We're going to die! We're going to die! Just as it just where it goes over that cliff, an arm hand comes through the window and turns the car in the other direction. So the guy opens a door and runs screaming down the road. About two miles later, he gets to a wayside bar. He goes in there, and he goes up to the bartender, and he's dripping wet, he's crying, he's whimpering. He says, give me a couple of tequilas. He says, I just barely survived the most horrible Halloween haunting experience. I got into a ghost car, and I just barely survived by the skin of my teeth. And he sat there at the bar, trembling, shaking, and crying. <clears throat> About a half an hour later, two guys come into the bar. One of the fellows notices him sitting there, and he elbows the other guy in the ribs and says, Isn't that the guy that got into our car while we were pushing it? We all have things that we really need to be concerned about. We can't stick our head in the sand. But don't make the mistake of magnifying a fear. When you magnify a fear, what happens is your imagination spins every fearful and negative thought into a worst-case scenario, and it makes an epic movie out of it. Your negative thoughts, if you allow them, can turn into negative imaginations. A small fear will play way out of proportion. Pain in your side? It's got to be cancer. It's got to be cancer. My mother died of stomach cancer. Her mother died of stomach cancer. Now it's my time. And if you're not careful, the movie of your imagination will start playing in your mind. And you'll see yourself getting weaker and weaker because of the cancer. That you can no longer take care of your children. You see yourself. And in that same movie, you can see yourself no longer able to take care of yourself. Having a nurse come in every day. In that same movie, you see yourself checking into the hospital. Having chemotherapy, radiation, blah, blah, blah. In that same movie, you can even see yourself at your own funeral. So don't let negative pictures play on the screen of your mind. You're meant to be in charge. You have the remote control. Bhagavad Gita says that the senses should be controlled by the mind. The mind should be controlled by the intelligence. The intelligence should be controlled by the soul. And the soul should be controlled by the supreme soul, God, who should direct our, our steps. So choose that channel. Choose that channel of faith, not living one's life in fear. I heard about a lady, she did some shopping, she went out in the parking lot, she put her groceries in the back seat, she unlocked her car door, she got in, hooked her seatbelt, and just as she was reaching for the ignition, she heard a large BAM! And she felt something hit the back of her head. And she started screaming, Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! I've been shot! I've been shot! I've been shot! And she reached out to the back of her head, and sure enough, she felt what, what felt like brains oozing out of the back of her head. And then she got more and more hysterical. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! I've been shot! I've been shot! My brains are leaking out! My... Somebody get me an ambulance! Somebody help! And naturally, some people gathered around, and one fellow came up to her. He said, Lady, you really haven't been shot, but um, the canister that held your Pillsbury dough biscuits exploded, and it hit the back of your head. So those are not brains, that's just dough. <laughs> she could have killed herself just because of the fear. She actually, there was no danger from the loud bang, but she could have had a nervous breakdown. She could have killed herself. She could have had a heart attack just because of her fear. 
Devotees of the Lord live a life without fear because we trust that whatever happens to us happens in the hands of the Lord. That no enemy, no terrorist, no sickness, no drive-by gangbanger can harm us because the Lord has his circle of protection around his servants and his devotees. And he's non-different from his holy names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. It is explained that God and His name are non-different. On the relative platform, the name of something and the entity itself are different. I can say water, water, water all day long and I'd still be thirsty. But whenever you intonate any bona fide name of God, God is personally and fully present within His name. Here we have this quote from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Living beings who are entangled in the complicated meshes of birth and death can be freed immediately, even unconsciously, by chanting the holy name of Krishna, which is feared by fear personified. So Krishna is feared by fear. So we don't have to be afraid because fear is afraid of he who we serve. There is no one in creation in their right mind who is not afraid of displeasing the Almighty Lord who created millions of universes. We read about great, powerful demons, wizards and yogis who conquered universes like Ravan, Hiranyakashipu, Kamsa, who were very, very powerful and all of whom Krishna came down and killed them, laid them low with all of their followers. And the Almighty Lord has empowered his name with all of his potencies. Prabhupada told the story about a Muslim. Now, in Muslim culture, the pig is unclean. They don't eat pigs. And there's a word for pig, which is haram. It's a condemned entity. So one Muslim was in the jungle one day, and he was attacked by a wild boar. And the boar was goring him to death with his tusks. So obviously very unhappy. At the time of his death, the Muslim uttered haram. But from our cultural point of view, that Muslim word, which means condemn, is Tehran. It's the name of God. So he didn't do it devotionally, he didn't do it consciously, he didn't even do it in a good mood. He thought the worst thing was happening to him. But the name of God is so powerful that he got liberation. Did any of you see the movie Gandhi? So in that movie, I, I, I was very disappointed because the filmmakers, when Gandhi got shot, you know, he said, oh God. He didn't say, oh God. He said, hey, Ram. Hey, Ram. So even though it was a Muslim word, it had a different meaning, still because Ram was in there and hey was in there, he got liberation. So why should we go through life in fear? We're chanting consciously, with knowledge, with devotion, day by day by day by day. We're taking deeper and deeper and deeper shelter of the Almighty Supreme Personality of God. And He says, nobody can harm my devotees. Nobody can lay a finger on those who are engaged in my devotional service. Some of us today, we feel like we've been shot. But I'm telling you, it's not what you think. It's just a loud noise. It too shall pass. Put on the right channel. Cast out all those wrong imaginations. Don't let those negative pictures play on the movie screen of your mind. 
You've got the remote control. Change the channel. Don't be talked into having a down future. Go to the place where you'll be talked into having a great future. There's no obstacle too big for you. There's no enemy too powerful for you. You and Krishna are a majority. You may not see how it can happen, but God can make a way where we don't see a way. Krishna has brought you through in the past, and he's going to bring you through in the future. Surround yourself with people of faith who speak victory into you. If you'll be disciplined in your thought life and learn to choose faith instead of fear, you're going to overcome every obstacle, defeat every enemy, and accomplish every dream that Krishna has put into your heart. And if you like to chant with me, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare.